Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. And while all the people along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds quickly came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables, and he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving. They may ever be, be ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sowed on rocky places, hear the word at once and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And let me lead us just in a short prayer again. Heavenly Father, as we come to look at your words, uh, do give us ears to hear uh, what the Savior is saying to us. Amen. Um, if you've got a Bible nearby, do grab hold of it again. Turn back to, to Mark 4. If you're wondering um, why we read uh, the passage uh, much earlier in the service, we, we noticed that often... Uh, uh, those who are youngest among us have gone downstairs before we've read the Bible together as a church family, and we thought it would be good sometimes to make sure we're, we're reading God's Word when we're all here together uh, and all hearing it. So that's, that's part of the, the reason uh, uh, we're, we've, we've done that this morning. But do turn back to Mark 4, and, and let me ask you a question. What comes to mind when you read 
this word. Uh, for some, I guess it might be uh, a very kind of immediate kind of feeling. Uh, others of us, it might be from uh, way back in the past. Um, but as you think about that, let, let me take you back to June 1992. I was about to sit my university finals. Um, and I turned over the exam paper. You know that feeling of turning, you turn it over for the first time. Somebody says, you, you turn over the paper now and begin. And I turned over the paper and I, I read the questions and I smiled. I sat back and smiled. And I'll tell you why. It's because it was two hours earlier, I was in the library doing some last minute revision and I had too much to do and not enough time. And one of my course mates came in and he said to me, he said to me, do you, want, do you want me to tell you what questions I think will come up in the exam? And I, I said, yes, yes, I do want to know what you think. And he got out some of our tutorials and he said, I think this question will come up and that question will come up. And he said, in effect, look, that's what I think, use it or lose it. And I decided to use it. And for the next hour or so, I just practiced those questions until I could do them backwards. And I kid you not, when I turned over the paper, there were those questions. I didn't even need my calculator. I could do them from memory. The numbers hadn't even been changed. And 15 minutes, you might think it was cheating. I thought it was just fortunate. <laughs> 15 minutes into a two-hour exam, and you had passed. Uh, I was secure. Everything else from that point onwards was going to be icing on the cake. Now, the reason for saying that is if you can imagine that feeling of knowing everything is going to be okay, if you can imagine that feeling in the exam, how about if you could have that sense, not just for an exam, but for the whole of life? And if you can imagine that, then come to this passage because that's what Jesus is speaking about here. We've been in Mark's gospel uh, over this term. And Jesus has been calling us to follow him. He says he's good news for all of us. He's come to forgive. He's able to bring us into God's family. And he says, we, we picked up on this the last couple of weeks. He says, you don't want to find that you're on the outside of this. He's begun to use that language. You don't want to find you're on the outside. Just think about that for a moment. Let, let me pick on those of you who are who are husbands and dads. Those of you who are husbands and dads, just, just imagine that feeling. On the day when Jesus visibly gathers his people, can you imagine your wife and your children, they're welcomed in, but Jesus says to you, no. No. You stayed out. You wouldn't come in. And it's too late. Can you imagine that? It'd be awful. So here in this passage, he's pleading with us, look, make sure you come. Make sure you come. And he's going to say, look, a priority we'll need is listening to God's word. He'll say with God's word, look, it's either use it or lose it. So three things this morning, look, we're going to see something about parables, something about God's kingdom, or if you like, the secure life, and something about God's word. The, the whole thing, this passage, it begins with large crowds. You see, verse 2, if you go it there in front of you, Jesus taught them many things in parables. There's this one that we're going to look at in a moment, the seed and the soils and all the rest. And the disciples suspect there's something deeper going on there. So verse 10, they asked him about the parables. And before he tells them about this parable, he says something to them about all the parables. And so about parables. What do you think about parables? 
and what do you think they are? And while you ponder that, uh, let me ask you uh, another question. Uh, what do you think about this stuff? What do you think about it? In fact, just take a moment. Somebody sitting nearby, just turn and chat to them. What, what do you think about Marmite? If you're new to the UK and you've not even come across it yet, maybe you'll find someone who will explain it to you. Just chat for a moment. What do you think about this stuff? Where, where do you land on the Marmite debate? Okay, Okay. some animated conversation there. Let, let me tell you, I think Marmite is good for one thing, and it's this. It reveals. Marmite reveals people who don't like Marmite from people who are weird. That, that's what I think. <laughs> you can argue with me at the end if you like. Marmite, I think in this way, it filters good taste from bad taste. That's what Marmite does. A little bit of fun there, but parables... We see parables are a bit like that. They expose two groups of people. Eventually, everyone will fall into one of these groups. Those who are coming on the inside and those who stay on the outside. See verse 11? The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. God's kingdom, what it's about. Jesus is going to say, it's not a mysterious code. It's a gift and someone wants you to have it. Parables can help you if you want this gift. But there's a different effect, verse 11. To those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving. What's that mean? Sounds confusing, doesn't it? It's a quote from Israel's history. A long time before, people had stopped listening to God. Morally, the, the country was in decline. God sent the prophet Isaiah to tell the people, that be ever hearing but never understanding. And part of the point seemed to be, look, what can you say to people who won't listen? What, what, can, you, what can you say to people who just won't listen to what you're saying? The more God speaks, the worse it becomes. And God tells them effectively, look, if you won't use it, eventually you'll lose it. If you refuse to listen, eventually, kind of under God's judgment, you won't be able to hear. You'll hear the truth at a kind of superficial level, but you won't hear it. And Jesus is saying, look, history is repeating itself. He'll keep speaking, but his words will act in one of two ways. They will either help or they will harden. Parables are a bit like filters. They filter who's listening and who's not. Now just sit up for a moment and think about that. Think about what the Lord Jesus is saying. It's quite a thought as you come to hear these words this morning. Will this parable do its work on us? As you sit here this morning and you think, what, what group am I in? Will this parable 
do its work on us? Will it show which group that we're in? Listen to what Jesus says about God's kingdom. Here's the second kind of thing. Look, the parable, I guess if you've been in church for any length of time, you, you'll know it. And it seems quite simple, doesn't it? The seed, the seed's God's word. Different soils are different types of people or different types of responses. Do they really believe? Jesus seems to say this. Look, he's going to say to us, believing God's word is how you'll find real life, how you get on the inside. Verse 20 Others, like seeds sown on good soil, they hear the word and they accept it and they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. God's word seems to be the way he brings real life to you. And it grows the life God wants you to have. What does believing look like? You hear what Jesus said, verse 20. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word accept it, and it produces a crop. Believing is not just hearing. It's not just sort of agreeing. No, it's this, God's Word, it, it lands in a person, and they hold on to it. They take it seriously. It's also, it's like it's personal. They, they let it begin to shape everything they do. Uh, years ago, uh, I used to have a group of friends, and we'd meet up for, for food from uh, from time to time. Different people would bring different courses together. And Duncan was good on puddings, and so he'd make banoffee pie. I know that might be as divisive as Marmite for some. I, I quite liked it, but he had to drive with it from his house on the passenger seat of the car. Holding on to the banoffee pie was paramount. So it had to shape the way he drove. You don't want to drive too fast. You don't want to take corners too quickly. And it's no use holding on at the beginning and then letting rip at the, at the end of the journey. You need to be patient. You need to hold on to get there, and it's worth it because Duncan made good pie. Unfortunately, on this occasion, Duncan didn't hold on. And his car smelled of bananas for weeks, as I remember. But listen, look, silly illustration. I, I understand with God's word, if you are going to accept it, if you're going to hold on to. If you're going to accept it, it doesn't mean you won't do other things like work and entertainment and extensions on your house and choosing your GCSEs and your A-levels and falling in love and eating banoffee pie. It doesn't mean that you won't do all of those things, but it, it will have to shape everything you do. It really will. God's Word will have to shape everything so those of you in your teens, you are to set the course of your life from now on, not primarily with uni or work plans, but hearing and trusting what God says. Or those in your, your 20s and 30s, you wake up a bit tired on Sunday, God's Word gets to say, come to church anyway. Or as you fall in love, God's Word is to give you the boundaries for relationships and sex. And as you spend your money, God's word gets to ask if you're being greedy. And Jesus says, living this way, you really will find life and growth. It'll be like an abundant harvest. G.K. Chesterton, the author once wrote, when a man has found something which he prefers to life, then for the first time he begins to live. That's the something we're on the edge of here. 
Did you know how I think? As I hear these words, I think, well, that's a bit full on. It's just a bit full on, isn't it? But imagine someone comes around for Sunday lunch. Maybe you can think about it this way. Someone comes around for Sunday lunch and you bring out banoffee pie and you say, would you like a piece? And imagine they're sitting at your table and they say, no, I want all of it. And you're kind of suppressing a laugh. You're not going to laugh out loud. But inside you're thinking, you're very rude, aren't you? You're a rude person. Don't you have any manners? Asking for the whole thing? That's so rude. But then you offer God your life and say, would you like a piece? And he says, no, I want all of it. And inside you're thinking, well, you're very rude, God, aren't you? Don't you have any manners? And God says, no, I want all of it because no one else has a right to any of it. Do you want to know if there is what the Bible would call sin in your life? You will feel it squirm as God says, I want all of you. You're all for me. Do you feel this parable doing its filtering work on us? I realize I'm in danger of being someone about whom God says, though seeing you don't see, though hearing you don't understand. And you understand why the Bible might say, we're not really looking for God. In fact, it's the other way around. God in Jesus is the one who has, has come looking for us. And when he died on the cross, he wasn't just giving an example of sacrificial love, though it was that. No, he was taking the punishment for people who live in God's world, taking the benefits of the things he's made and then wanting to live ignoring him. That's what's going on here in this parable. This phrase Jesus used, the secret of the kingdom of God, do you think about that? What is the secret of the kingdom of God? It's Jesus come to save you. He's the gift offered to you. And your response to his word shows your response to him. If we want in on God's kingdom, we've got to listen. But there's something else Jesus wants us to know. Believing God's word is a battle. It really is a battle. Look, listening sounds really easy, doesn't it? I'm just going to listen. But Jesus says it's really not. Look, these soils, did you notice them as we went through them? The seed on the path, verse 15. Satan comes and takes, away, takes it away before it gets started. Or the seed on the rocks, verse 16, there's no real root, falls away when being a Christian is tough. Uh, the seed among thorns, verse 18, it, it's just never a priority. Uh, look, you come to church for the first time, you go into work tomorrow, and you say to that male colleague that you really like, oh, I went to church yesterday, and they say, oh, I didn't think you'd fall for that rubbish. And you suddenly feel embarrassed. And you resolve never to mention it again. Seed's been snatched away. What do you spot? Satan at work. How does the enemy like to operate? Hollywood loves big, dramatic horror films, doesn't it? You can imagine the kind of scenes. The Bible says he is happy, flitting around like a bird, snatching God's word away from you. Don't bother with that. Just leave it. Close the Bible. Do something else. He's really happy to flit around like a little bird. 
Or you call yourself a Christian, but just recently you've begun to feel being a Christian is inconvenient. At school you've picked up, people make fun of anyone as a Christian. It's a bit uncomfortable. And when push comes to shove, you know you prefer your comfort. That's the soil on the rocks. God's word is not taking root. Or perhaps you responded to Jesus as a young man, and you were full of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm about Jesus and about girls and about your career and about your mortgage and it's gone on about Disney Plus as well. All those things in your life and Jesus just can't be a priority. And you know what? You, you started to realize you, you don't really notice it anymore. That's the thorns. I notice Jesus doesn't think the seed's the problem. God's word works fine. It's listening that is the battle. So here's the final thing about God's words. And we're almost back to where we were at the beginning. With, with God's word, it is either use it or lose it. Jesus does say plenty of people won't listen, but that's not how he wants it to be. Do you, do you hear in verse 23? If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. He wants you to listen. Verse 21, do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on the stand? And you kind of begin to understand what he's meaning by that. And actually, it's written more like this. Does the lamp come in to be put under a bowl? That's the way it's written. It's almost like the, the lamp's a person. Does the lamp come in to be put under a bowl? And you, you understand what Jesus is saying. He's the lamp. He's the one coming, bringing light. And the reason he is speaking to you is so that you can hear him and have him. He's come for you. You think about where you're at this morning. If you've not been listening, he is speaking to you now. Right now. Will you listen? He wants you to come and know him and find that secure and growing life. But he says... You can't have him if you won't listen and accept his words. So verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. If you listen, you'll get more and more. If you don't, even what you have, you'll lose. With God's word, it's either use it or lose it. How do we respond to that? Look, there's all sorts of ways we can do our listening. Look, coming to church. How, how do you think about coming to church on Sundays when you come? And it's wonderful that we are able to gather. Do you sometimes think about it this way? I've come for good teaching. You can think that way. That kind of keeps it on an intellectual level. Or do you come thinking this way? Jesus, please meet me. Would you help me listen so I get you? That's how we're to think about it. And I expect if we felt that missing Sunday would be something we're reluctant to do because we want to hear from the Lord. Or those of you who are parents, look, our children notice what we prioritize, don't we? They need to do homework. They've got to do that. They've got to have after-school clubs. There's all sorts of things going on. You can't make them Christians. But you can show them what you prioritize. And you can put before them the means by which Jesus will come to them. His word. He wants to meet them. B 
Be positive and enthusiastic about coming to church and reading God's Word with them and in front of them. Or those of you who are younger, those in our youth groups, hear what this is saying. God will speak to you. He wants to speak to you and grow your life. Ask Him to help you listen. He's good news. In the run-up to Christmas, we've got some things available on offer to help with that. Those of you in Pathfinders and Grafted, Scott has put together a little series of Advent readings in here. They're really good. These ones are free. If you've not got one already, I think they were given out on Friday night. They're, they're, they're brilliant. If there's any extras and you're older and you want a free one, grab one of these or ask Scott. They'll be really good. We've got some other things. There's, there's one uh, for families downstairs, uh, devotions in the lead up to Christmas, little bits of Bible readings just to listen to God's Word, meet with the Lord Jesus and talk about it together. Grab one of those um, or these other ones just for more uh, adult readings, uh, for Advent devotions. If you've not been reading the Bible recently, if it's gone on the back burner, why not pick one of these and use it? And I guarantee you it will be better than Marmite. Let's pause. Let's pause and just pray. And can I encourage you? Look, I don't know where you're at. There's no, there's no kind of judging in, in that sense. We're, we're all at different stages. Jesus knows reading his word and listening to it is hard. He's not saying these things to be mean, but to draw us. If you feel like you've been a little distant from him, hear him kindly this morning saying, come and listen. Uh, he wants to speak to us. Let's have a moment uh, just to pray quietly yourself, uh, and then I'll lead us in a prayer.